0: going on y'all welcome back to another episode of the running and gunning podcast with your host justin signing so stoked to have you listening today uh, we've got a great guest from missouri mr jace allen some of you guys might know jace uh for those of you that haven't heard of him the dude is an absolute killer very consistent uh 100% mobile style you know a lot of times on public land so there's a lot that we can uh we can all learn from this one and i uh, hope you all enjoy it but without further ado, Jace, how you doing tonight, man? Good, man. How are you? Doing good. Doing good, dude. Uh, trying to shake the cold. I feel like the whole family's hmm. had uh, strep throat for the past like week to 10 days and haven't been sleeping good. The, the little one's been hmm. keeping me up at night. So well, that's fun no times. Good. Fun yeah. times.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Not much sleep lately. It's kind of miserable, but hopefully she's yep. shaking it. So what's going on with you, man? How's everything been? I know uh, I haven't really seen you since I guess you know right before season kicked off.
1: Yeah, I mean, here in the last, um, I guess months since deer season since deer season has ended, I uh, I don't really do much at all. Mostly just you know slump around and be depressed and you know, wish I was out there, <laughs> you know, chasing some deer. But you know we're getting some sheds on the on the ground now i found a couple this year um really put a bunch of effort into finding um one side to a deer and uh put in 15 miles for that one just on my days off um i have not found it (laughs) yeah Um, still searching yeah still still searching so we'll we'll see kind of how that goes
0: yeah, it's always a shame, man. I feel like all my biggest sheds I've only found one side and I, it kills me. I don't get it. Um I, yeah, right? I, I don't understand why I feel like it's super rare to just find them both right there by each other. I mean right. how long have you been shed
1: hunting now? Uh seriously shed hunting? Now for the last I don't know, eight or nine years, something like that. Right. So you you probably do pretty
0: well. I mean, how many match sets do you find versus like one singles?
1: Uh I mean oh, let's see uh, just off the top of my head 2 years ago I found uh 30 sheds and I think four of those sheds were those were two match sets and then last year I found like 20 something and Six of those antlers, those are three match sets. So, I did like phenomenal yeah. on match sets last year. Um, yeah, found it's my just, two biggest so cool match sets. Yeah, yeah, uh,
0: there's nothing better than matching up, especially fresh, too. Man, it's like it's oh, a shame. No. I found like actually one of the antlers right here, I got behind me. Um, I was really trying to find his other side, I never could find it. Found it this season later, like pretty much just knew knew it was him from like the swoop and main beam it had. And it was all like just laid up right next to a log, uh-huh. maybe a hundred yards from where his other side was. And I'm like, uh. wonder how many times I walked by it, you know, but, but it made sense to me why I never found it, man. All them leaves jammed up against that big log and that's uh-huh. right where it was. I just saw one time sticking out at, at some point and grabbed it out of there. But crazy. Yep. Yeah. Do the squirrels <laughs> get them bad where you're at in Missouri?
1: It uh, depends on where you're at. I mean, I found a I found a good shed here recently, and it had you know blood on the base. Wax ring wax ring was um like ninety percent in intact. It had only been on the ground for five or six days, and there was chew marks all over that freaking thing. Oh, uh, man. that's a yeah. shame. Yeah, I know that's a shame. I'm gonna have to take a shot hey, we... in there now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. I know when I was in Maryland, man, they really weren't that bad. Uh, But I feel like the fox squirrels around here are probably like Mm. the the worst for them. I guess that's what that's what I've heard from other people. I've
1: I've noticed the same thing. Those dang fox squirrels, they they just they got uh, the teeth on them. I guess. Yeah, they got the teeth, and I guess a really big stomach. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So how uh, how did
0: this season treat you, man? Let's uh, let's get a little breakdown on that.
1: Uh, This last season was interesting, to say the least. I, 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 I changed what I did this season a little bit just because of how the rest of my 2022 season went. So in 2022, I was in Kentucky... And I shot a really nice buck on public land there. And the rest of the season, I chased one deer in Missouri. Spent a lot of time, spent a lot of resources chasing after this deer. And I never... This was a deer that I'd scouted in the summertime. And during season, I never saw this deer. Um, I... Found what I was thinking was sign off of them, um, but essentially, <clears throat> I I don't know if this deer was actually living on public. Whenever it was all said and done, and I, I did such a bad job hunting this deer that um, he didn't even know he didn't even know I existed, which is just awful. <laughs> <laughs> um, so after after that, and just. I, I don't want to say like that whole experience like left a left a bad taste in my mouth, but there's there's all sorts of different you know experiences and uh, styles um, that I wanna that I wanna go uh, do, um, and I also want to get better at at hunting uh, for specific deer as well. So how I kind of went about this year is instead of just hunting one specific deer I wanted to hunt um like a like a greater number of specific deer whether that right. be so
0: have have like three or four good bucks to go after instead of just mm, one
1: yeah, yeah instead of just one right so I actually didn't do any any summer scouting I started scouting the day before season and I found like a hundred and like a, you know, one forties, eight, um, pretty much right off the bat. And that started my, uh, my first, my first specific hunt. And I got three hunts in on this deer before he figured out, um, the gig was up. He, he figured out he was being hunted and that deer left. And so I was like, okay, well, you know, I've, I have now, you know, learned from this, you know, I, I can't be like quite that aggressive on, on a deer. I pushed the aggressive line just a little bit too far, which was, which was good to learn. And then the, uh, the next one I started chasing was a really big one. And and this is just like a really hard deer hunt, but I hunted that deer pretty cleanly, um, for the most part. I never Can did... you explain
0: that just a little bit? Like, you know, when you're sure. referring to like hunting him clean, I mean, what are you, are you yeah. saying? Like you were just real consistent with your access and exits or what are you getting mm-hmm.
1: at? Yeah. So really consistent with my, um, with my access, which was, um, uh, let me think here. So like, if I know that deer is in a, in a spot, I'm going to try everything that I can do to not walk like where that deer is walking. And obviously like, I don't want the deer to win me also. Right. Yeah. So, I need to, so I needed to go in there and figure out, I, I already had an idea where he was. I just need to figure out like where, where he was going and all of his travel routes in and out of that, um, spot there and how I can hunt that as aggressively as I can without him knowing that I'm hunting him. Right. And that's gonna, um you know, that's going to change from scenario to scenario, but, um, I'm sorry. I didn't mean, I mean to cut I... you off there. No, you're, you were, no, you're
0: you are kind of getting into like, you know, you were, you're hunting them cleaner and then like, did it kind of click? Did it just not work out because you, you were being too passive instead of being more
1: aggressive? So I was being as aggressive as I, possibly could I mean there's a certain there's a certain point to where like you're gonna kind of have to go all in on these deer but you can't do it without having like the necessary information to do it the problem that I had there is I ran out of trees actually the tree that I need to be that I absolutely had to be in in order to kill that deer that tree died like two years ago (laughs) And I was not comfortable getting up in that, getting up in that tree. So that's kind of what I was, um, what I was dealing with a little bit on that one. So I had to sit back just a slight bit more than what I wanted to and just tried to catch him, um, just slipping out of his bedding area. And I never, I never did catch him, uh, slipping out of that thing. Um, yeah while I was hunting that deer, I, I was in, I was in battle with that one, but there was a spot on the same piece of public that, um, was not getting pressured at all. And I went in there one evening and I had two bucks come by me. And one, one of them was, uh, was a really, really nice one. And I was like, I was like, okay, so now I, got, now I got two deer to hunt. So I'm hunting this really big one, um, and I start hunting this, this other deer. And on this, on this other deer, I set up the first time to where those deer could move out of their bedding area with the wind to their nose, um, but they also couldn't smell me. And I was also just a little bit out of range, but that's, but that's okay. That's, that's what you want to do because that's, that's, uh, the little bit of information that you need to make that aggressive move. Um, right. Rather than just like go all in like the first time and, you know, hero it or zero it. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: No, I I had a lot of, I can relate to a lot of what you're saying because I was trying to, flirt with that line of, like, aggressive and, like, trying to catch a, a specific deer moving, you know, and it was mm-hmm. just, you know, how they are, man. He he used the field and the wind uh, to his advantage every mm-hmm. time, and then, like, the times where I would push it, it just, he just never showed up. Wasn't because I got busted, but just dumb luck, right. I guess. I mean.
1: Yeah. So. Well, what ended up happening on on that deer is that time was like on a the time I saw him move was on a northwest wind and I went back in I got on the other side of where they were coming out on a east wind and they came out the same exact trail and I'm thinking like oh this deer's being you know a little sloppy maybe I can just get in here on a south wind to where the deer have no wind advantage, I have all the advantage, and we'll see what happens. Well he wasn't even bedded there. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. Um so <laughs> the uh the next time I hunted it, I had to wait for six days before I got my next northwest wind. And I went back in there and went past my, you know, little observation tree only by thirty yards. And yeah climbed up in a tree and he was bedded in there that night and i end up uh snort wheezing him into my tree but i uh, i end up shooting him and i didn't find him till a couple days later which was uh was not my favorite yeah but
0: uh yeah i remember that like i remember when that happened
1: you know this season Mm-hmm. yeah that that sucked um,
0: uh, it, but, it's going to happen to all of us, man. I mean, it is what it is. It's bow Right. I mean, I, none yeah. of us like to have that happen, but I mean, it, you know, it is what it is. I, I mean, at least you were able to recover him, you know?
1: Right. Yeah. No, that was, was good. Um, but you know, on, on that deer, if I wouldn't have gotten narrow in him that night, then he would have figured out that he was being hunted and then I would have I would have right. that one up too. Um, but I guess just to wrap up the story on that, on that bigger one, I ended up missing him um, a couple hours before I shot that other deer. We did a, uh, we did a wind bump, which I haven't done before, but I was at the, I was at the point where I was like, okay, I don't even know if he's in this patch anymore because I haven't seen him for, for days. And he was in there, um, he just wasn't moving uh, he moved then <laughs> whenever we wind bumped him out of there. Yeah. Um, but I also know, and I also knew in, in doing that, that he wasn't going to, uh, he wasn't good at bed in that patch anymore. Um, so that was going to be kind of like my all in, well, that was my all in move on him. Um, And then a couple months later, he got, he ended up getting killed during the rut by an out of stater. He went
0: 172. Oh, man. That's a damn shame. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Yep. So I had a, I I had a good one this year get, get smoked by a rifle hunter too. Lovely. It is what it is. I don't know (laughs) if he was a 170. He was like mid 60s at least.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) But,
0: yeah, so, yeah, it stings. It's
1: it sucks. yeah. There was a couple, a couple stings there, but yeah, that's that's deer hunting. That's that's okay. I I'm not gonna yeah. hate somebody you know for shooting what, what's probably the biggest nah. deer of their life. You know, I'm sure right. they were jacked. Did you have fun?
0: I mean, I think like anymore now, I'm really trying to concentrate on like having a lot more fun. Mm. I Feel like I'm taking it kind of like almost too serious sometimes. In the past, yeah,
1: but not that I yeah. don't take
0: it serious. Don't get me wrong; like I enjoy right. it. Right, uh, I think sometimes I try to step aside and like want to go do more out of state trips with like friends and stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And just like have that at least like it in the evening you can hang out with the boys and chill and you know have some fun.
1: Right. Yeah, that's that's good. So, like, it's just there, hard, huh? man. It's it's just a different
0: yeah it's different when you got kids i feel like i can't dedicate the time like i want to you know what i mean i'm really like focus like i really want to right
1: yeah and i can i can i can put a little more time into it just you know because i'm single and you know i'm self-employed and i can you know and i can do those those sorts of things which you know which definitely is nice um but uh, yeah, sometimes I, I take it a little bit. Yeah.
0: And I'm not, too, I'm not
1: saying it, I also. wasn't,
0: I'm sorry. I keep interrupting you, man. You're fine. <laughs> yeah. I was, uh, I was just kidding. It's like, I'm not trying to blame having kids on why I didn't uh, kill a buck this year. I'm just saying <laughs> like in general,
1: it just right. throws
0: a wrench in things a lot of times, you know? Right. There's a yeah, lot that's... of days I've really, I was jonesing to be out there and I couldn't, but mm-hmm. it is what it is. I'll have time down the road. You know what I mean? Right. But yeah, man, I, one of the questions I had on my list for you, uh, you already pretty much answered. So we're going to skip that one. And it was kind of breaking down how you see your way through hunting, like one buck in particular. And I mean, you really, Mm -hmm. I mean, you kind of broke, just broke that down. So what's your take on early season over the rut? What would you, like, if you had any choice of like, to plan an out-of-state trip? Are you going to try to get in there early, or were you more of a rut guy?
1: You know, that, um, that, that answer has changed here in the last year, because I would have told you a year ago that I'd probably rather go out there early season rather than the rut. Mm-hmm. But that is mostly because, well... I've been historically not that successful in the rut. So I've shot, I shot my first deer in November with my bow in 2021. And then I just shot my second one this year. Um, But my second one this year, it's been a very, it's been a very interesting, uh, an exciting learning curve. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Bobby Worthington. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. Uh, more of a rut funnel guy now or. oh, Dude, I am telling, I am telling you what that is made hunting the rut. Just like, so, so simple. So. Consistent. And it's like, You know, but like, I guess before me hunting, you know, during the rut, I was hunting spots where, you know, luck played, um, right, you know, a a part into it. Um, you know, maybe, you know, the deer that I see, you know, maybe it comes by me, you know, within range, or, you know, maybe the deer doesn't. But what I've learned with these, or with this, at least this one funnel and other funnels that I've seen, is whenever you sit one of those, if there is a deer that is going to come through that funnel, guess what? They're going to be in range, yeah. and they're going right. to be broadside, and that is, mm-hmm. you know, if you set if you set up accordingly, and that is that that brings me a lot of, uh, I guess, a little piece to the madness of it all.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think I was very lucky because I always kind of focused on that as a, as a younger guy, like when I would mm-hmm. run hunt and you know, we were where I was lucky in Maryland, we did have some good terrain features and stuff. And
1: mm-hmm. that was
0: a pretty basic thing. Like, you know, that I I had picked up, you know, at a younger age that I didn't really account for. And man, mm-hmm. here in Kentucky, it's even better because we, you know, around here we have a lot of like collars and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's just dynamite, and it's like it's so predictable. And it's being a mobile hunter during you know like that time frame, it's so much easier for you to see what happens and adjust. I feel right. like you know, even if mm-hmm. you're off the chips a little bit, so right. I agree well, with you. Been... I'm, I'm with you, kind of more like that's my main focus for scouting out of state like this year is to try and focus on hunting that during the rut and really scouting and dropping pins where I really want to be so I can go in there in the morning and, you know, Mm -hmm. find my way to where I want to be at. So Mm -hmm. I just, just wanted to throw that out there.
1: Yeah, no, it's been, I mean, here, here in the last year, while I've been, you know, learning about these funnels, I've also, um, undertaken, well, with, with that scrapes, but also, um, running trail cameras on these things, um, this is the first year that I've ever run trail cameras and that's been fun. Um, oh, you, talk yeah. about a, you talk about an unfair advantage. I love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, um, but no, with like the, with like the funnel thing, you know, there's like, so my, my funnels here in, Missouri is nothing like my funnel out there in Illinois. In Illinois, there is two bodies of water that tighten down the deer movement and make those deer go go right by me. There is a couple ways um, that that deer can get through there, but what what we did is um, we put a, a Troy Pottinger scrape in there so that <clears throat> the deer, whenever, whenever they um, are coming through the area and they got, you know, one of, you know, two funnels to, to pick, you know, call it. If there's a big, you know, big scrape on one and there's not one on the other, then in my mind, you know, they're going to come, um, you know, check the one with the scrape on it, which scrapes, uh, you know from what I've been learning from those from last year also it's just been um, been phenomenal you know learned about uh, Troy Pottinger's um, you know multiple uh, you know scent profiles that he that he puts in these scrapes and also just learning like why deer use scrapes and and why they are um, significant and how that can help out um, the hunting with your funnels so like here in missouri for my for my funnels it's not it's not really something that you know the deer absolutely have to take through um but for a given area there's going to be a couple places or maybe one where you have like a lot of trails come together and if you take those couple of those couple of uh, of places and you place, um, like a scrape on one of them, then at least from what I've seen from my experience, then all of a sudden that one funnel or the one place where all those trails come together, all of a sudden that becomes, you know, the main, um, spot in there that those, that those deer want to come through. And that's been, that's been really awesome also. Now, like when you're,
0: you're dealing with these funnel areas and where these scrapes are, what is your majority that you've learned from hunting multiple states? Did, did you learned like it's dependent on, you know, the amount of cover on a hillside or will they favor the lower third or the upper third? And I mean, have, have you learned, are you putting your scrapes down in these like hub areas down in the bottom? or Are you trying to put them on a, a upper third like saddle? On on these hills,
1: so like the the first thing that comes to mind, if you're gonna go through the effort of like you know finding finding your funnel, you'll find where all these deer are coming through. You know, building a scrape there, then you need to have it somewhere where you can actually hunt it. Because we've yeah, I, I've put like a scrape down at the bottom before and it's great because you get a ton of pictures of deer um but it's like one it's it's less specific than i'd like it to be i guess it depends on the bottom and then the second thing is whenever you're down a bottom like that in the hill in the hills it's really hard to consistently hunt just because you wind.
0: yeah absolutely um, yeah, unless you have like a a big multiple finger where you can dump it down the backside of it or something, right? But even then, it's it's really tough. I feel like in prime time they always bust you in the evening, at least. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's different when it's full blown rut, but I I agree with you. And I I just wanted your opinion, yeah. When how that I kind of figured you would say you're setting them where you can actually hunt them at. But mm-hmm. do you, have you been running cameras down in the bottom? Do so you notice it like? more deer congregate to the bottom side versus the upper third. Cause I've kind of learned that in a couple places like that have like a multiple levels of, you know, a drainage where they've got mm-hmm. like a lower third and an upper third saddle. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just weird. Like sometimes I think it's what, whatever one has more cover I've learned. Like they yeah. kind of tend to use more, I guess. Cause they like to just, you know, travel in the darkness.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean that, you know, for sure has something to, you know, do with it too. You know, where deer will actually, you know, move in in daylight hours, you know, like you just said, you know, that has something to do with it too. But uh on average, as far as, like, if you take a hillside and you give, you know, an upper third, you know, the middle and the bottom, you know, all similar cover, I personally, I don't really – see them favoring you know one over the other kind of depends on the spot I've seen them at, you know in southern Missouri I've seen most most of the deer that I can think of off the top of my head I've seen them you know midline in the ridge so I, I don't really I guess I don't really put like a crazy amount of of stake in in that but like if I'm going you know, I'm, I guess I'm just going to describe a funnel if I'm going along a hillside and, you know, it's got, you know, a couple different levels on it and I'm trying to decide which one, well, it's probably gonna, I'm probably gonna follow it to, you know, it, let's call it a perfect world or a perfect scenario, you know, like up to the top of a ditch funnel, you know, that's going to get all those mm-hmm. deer, you know, coming around the the top of that thing, you know, that, that's probably whenever I was growing up, that is, that is a kind of funnel. I, I didn't really realize it was a kind of funnel and why that was significant um, back then. But that's going to be um, what I put, you know, my, my chips into because like mm-hmm. whenever, like if I'm, if I'm building a scrape somewhere, like the ultimate, the ultimate goal Is to have those deer um, take that over and have them start using it for themselves. And like, if you're trying to build like a and have deer use like a community type scrape, then you need to have you know a lot of deer visiting that scrape and pretty often you know, there's some scrapes Mm -hmm. I've put down in bottoms where, you know, you might get, you know, one buck and, you know, a couple does on there, you know, just every once in a while. Um, Yeah. But if you can put that scrape smack dab in the middle of where these deer have to, have to walk, and they're going to visit that anyways, then all of a sudden you have increased, you know, the value of that funnel and that scrape. And then that, that, uh, that compounds on it on itself. Also, um, you know, I guess mm-hmm. whenever the deer take it over,
0: have you have you ever trapped before? Nope. Did you get into trapping when you were younger? No. So, like in the past few years, I've gotten into trapping, right? And mm-hmm. it's really like relatable to hunting. And I've actually heard Troy talk about this too with his scrapes and how we're basically setting a trap just like you would. For like a coyote or, you know, or a bobcat, like basically to dumb it down, like what you focus on when you're trying to trap a a bobcat or a coyote, like is like these main, uh, you know, travel highways pretty much and Mm -hmm. you set them up on the corner. So like, where could you figure out where a a deer is going to travel the most in a certain area? And then you set your trap there and Mm -hmm. it's just, you know, it's a catch and release trap but we're using cameras to monitor it. And I mean, in my opinion, it's the most fun way to run a trail camera to like yeah. get the video of a buck, like working a scrape and like to get them consistent. And then you're like, Oh man, like it, it kind of sucks when it's a normal trail camera and you can't go, right. or, you know, like a non cell camera or anything. Uh, Cause you're like, Oh shit. I totally like could have, could have smoked him within, you know, this <laughs> time or that time. But right. anymore now, if I have farms that are farther away, I'll run cell cams on my scrapes and that's pretty yeah. much like my means of inventory. So mm-hmm. it's a, it's a fun way to do it. I mean, is that what you were using your cameras for a lot of
1: times? What for inventory or, well, I guess,
0: um... no, no, just I'm saying like on the scrapes, is that what you primarily would do?
1: Oh yeah. Um, I, I can't say I run my, uh, yeah. my cameras on video mode. And I say cameras. I have one one cell cam and uh, four regular cams. Um, I noticed the video um, scares a lot of deer, so I don't put the video on. Um, I just leave the um the Are you using
0: any of the Lone Wolf cams? I am. You are? I mean, mm-hmm. I notice like, it scares a few deer, but... Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. A lot of times I've got some phenomenal scrape footage like over and over again on those things, man. Like, especially this year, I was running, I think, five lone wolf cams and majority of them were on scrapes. And I don't know. I I try to put them up a little bit higher and I think that that helps.
1: Yeah, that I I can definitely see that helping. Um, Now, come to think of it, I didn't actually run any of those lone wolf cameras on video mode, but I'm not going to have to try that one out. Okay. Cause I just, I just kind of blanketed, you know, dude, tail they're, cameras they're and phenomenal video. Yeah. 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 I really
0: like them. No, it's, it's really good dude for, especially, I think I learned so much more from the video to be honest with you than just a picture. Cause you really get to see some of the attitudes that some of these deer have, especially mm-hmm. feel like when, you know, you get like a couple bucks together and they're hitting a scrape, You can pick Mm. out which one's dominant right away. I mean, even Mm. if they're both big, like seeing some of the videos with them, like posture up and stiff hair and snort wheezes. Mm. I don't know. I love it. It is probably one of my favorite things about running cameras is getting, Mm. getting to see their reactions and stuff. That's awesome. And interesting side note, man, like coyotes use the hell out of scrapes. I don't know if you noticed that. No, can't say I have. I just, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's just my area, but like, it might be, we've got a ton of coyotes and they mm-hmm. all, I've got so many videos of a coyote pissing in a scrape. Just weird. really. Huh. I don't That's know interesting. why. Yeah. 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 It, it, I don't know. I And even a Bobcat, like all in this one like community scrape on like the kind of a right outside of a bedding area, right on the corner of like a field edge. And yeah they just hammered it all, all season from like October to December. That's, that's interesting. But
1: yeah, I'm going to get more cameras.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's kind of addicting. It like, uh, I think Cody called it, it's a slippery slope. He's like, so if you get a picture of a giant, (laughs) you know, are you going to pull the camera? And I was like, no. And he's like, (laughs) well, you said you just wanted to use a camera to find a deer. I'm like, yeah, right. uh, yeah, I guess uh, I'm kind of addicted. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, uh, it's yeah, just fun. Is...
0: It's fun. Like, I love keeping inventory of them too, but, but yeah. I do question myself in all honesty, like, am I educating the deer more than I should, you know, cause some of them look at the camera and it doesn't even bother them, but you, you right. know, they know that it's there. Yeah.
1: Mm. So yeah, it, it's a, it's a slippery slope to, to go down. I mean, I, you know, just because I've just started, I, I, at least as far as I know, I haven't created any, any bad habits yet. I have seen and listened to and talked to people where I see some, some extremely bad habits developing. Um, yeah. And I try everything I do to, uh, you know, to, to stay, to stay away from that. Um, like one of the one of the things that I saw is, so I have I have my one cell cam, and I put it up on this uh, on this funnel in in Illinois, and I have a couple of buddies that are over there hunting in Illinois also. I put it up like November the fourth, and like that first night, there was a bunch of deer um, that visited, you know, that funnel and that scrape that we made in there and then it was like everything was was at night and I was like ah oh, dang well and all of a sudden you know there's uh there's a picture of you know one of these deer you know it was you know it was broad daylight you know it was middle of the day it's like you know oh what the heck you know I guess it was just you know random and then you know there was a couple daylight pictures and then you know everything would go to dark and I I guess I didn't really re- oh. I don't guess, I know for a fact that I didn't realize the significance of daytime temperature, whatever, it's the rut. So I was watching this camera and I, you know, I, I can see everything that's coming through there, you know, in a three week time span. And I'm like, okay, these deer aren't coming through here every day. They're just coming through here whenever the daytime temperatures doesn't get, you know, above 50 degrees if they are going to be moving all day. And whenever it's hot, the deer aren't moving through there. Whenever it's cold, the deer are. So whenever I went in there and killed my deer, I had waited for a couple days because it was warm. We had a cold snap and I hadn't been getting anything on, on camera for like the three or four days before that we get a cold snap i hop in there and i kill one in 20 minutes and i've seen (laughs) um i've seen some of my buddies and you know and people you know talk like they're like man you know this deer is only coming you know through here you know every you know once uh once a week or you know maybe twice a week or or something like that and it's just like well if you looked into a little bit further you probably notice that you know these deer are coming through Whatever, it's cold so right it, that was something that that i thought was interesting because you know i guess like i said i'm not that that talented of a rut hunter but i you know i, I just kind of you know it's like oh well, it's just you know the rut you know the deer are going to be you know, doing, you know, whatever they're going to do, you know, no matter, no matter what the temperature is. And that's, that's not the, and that's not the truth. Um, yeah. wherever it's cold, I you think move. A lot of,
0: yeah, a lot of people kind of, I know a lot of guys that we, you know, do, do shows with and stuff like hate the rut. A lot of like mm-hmm. diehard whitetail hunters hate it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. For me, I feel like, that's just how I always maybe because I hunted more during those time frames because I knew the deer would be moving more uh-huh. um, at a younger age, but I always had a lot of fun hunting the rut, and I always felt like I could even target specific deer during the rut because I just uh-huh. knew they were going to be moving more, you know what I mean, and right a lot of times I did that, and now like every year, I try to like I'm not like afraid of throwing away a season to try to learn a new tactic,
1: but. Uh-huh
0: it just kind of seems to like bite me in the ass. Cause I'm really focusing on doing this and scouting more and trying to get it good and like learn a buck's bedding and kill him off of his bed and all this stuff. And it's like, if you just would focus on the principles and do what works for you, you know, you kill a lot more right. deer, right. but, uh, I don't know, man. I mean, it's just, that's just part of being a hunter, right? Like, you know, we all got to yeah. fail and grow our way and grow and see, like you said earlier, like what works and what doesn't. And, not be afraid to just do it. Um, mm-hmm. So it kind of leads, it's a good transition into my, you know, another good question I have for you. And it's when did, uh when do you feel like things like really started to click for you? Uh, You know, on, I guess like chasing more mature deer, like when you started killing more, do you feel like you had kind of a a moment where you were like, all right, well, this is what I need to start doing more of. And things just got progressively better.
1: Um, you know, it, I guess growing up, I, I, I don't know, I, I guess my answer is going to be whenever I actually went out there and like went to a new piece of ground, started like by myself and learned Learn for myself, Um, you know. So I guess some of these things I I know now because whenever I I first started hunting, um, like I guess whenever I was hunting private land, a lot of the deer that I killed back then, a lot of them were like you know spots that you know we had. We had known about for you know a long time. You you go there and you know you and you deer hunt and um you know and your dad tells you you know stories of these big bucks and it was just like you know it you know my dad is telling me that you know the deer are here and I just kind of you know took that at face value you know the deer are there so you know that's where I'm going to go hunt. And I tell you what, it was quite the drastic change whenever I went from that to having to go out and determine for myself where deer are and where deer aren't and determining those, those kinds of things. So I guess, um, putting myself at a little, I guess at a little bit of a disadvantage to learn, um, is whenever I is whenever I really started um, is whenever I really started picking these picking these things up that I can um, you know that I that I could use to find more more success on my own. Um, as far as like specifically what it was like wherever everything just started clicking i don't i don't know if i could point at like one at like one thing because it was all just like a gradual um change in like learning curve um and belief system that i had to develop over over a course of a couple of different years um yeah
0: So it's really kind of, you know, from what you're saying, kind of like once you stepped out of your comfort zone a little bit from hunting, like the back 40 to uh, just going out and and hunting and scouting for yourself, it just wasn't really any aha moment. And and we actually did a podcast on that. It's like, do big buck killers have an aha moment? And it's like, I think majority of guys say no, but you know, I, I just was curious and, and you know, from where you're at, you know, you've, I feel like you've killed consistently bigger deer from, for a pretty good time now. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I see you're, you know, you're still chasing giant deer. So I was just curious, you know, where that point might've been for you. If you felt like it was a specific deer, or, you know, or a specific time where it was like, all right, man, I need to stop doing this and start doing that.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, that's kind of what you're seeing like this year, like this, this past season and like, the seasons following this year, so in the future, you're going to see, um, you're going to see me become more successful because of the aha moments that I've had with funnels and scrapes. Um, Like, absolutely. Because, like, especially, like, the funnel thing, it's like, I can take that idea and that that principle and i can go apply that to anywhere that deer live i can go to any state Mm -hmm. and and do that yeah and it's like it's such a it's such a consistent thing that like there's already um a spot in indiana that i've that i've looked at on the map and i'm like i can i can go there and i can put a camera there and see everything that's coming through this funnel because it's a super super tight funnel, and if there's something coming through there, then it's probably going to end up in, in me killing a the deer there. And I don't mean to sound like cocky with that, but that's no, just it, like the yeah. Well, that's that's just like the kind of like that's that's what's going to happen whenever, um, whenever you know you put yourself through those through those learning curves, you know, you might, you know, you might have, you know, a down year or, or two, like you were saying earlier, you know, whenever you put yourself through those learning curves, but, um, but you come out I better think,
0: on the other end of that tunnel, you know?
1: Yeah, you will. And yeah, you know, I mean, you,
0: you want to get good at anything. You got to just keep challenging yourself. I mean, right. It, it, none of us like going through it, but you know, we, if you can learn to grow through it, it definitely, will make you a lot better hunter. And I know with what I feel exactly the same way too, man, with like the scrapes and stuff, like I'm fired up to get mm-hmm. my scrapes out there sooner than I have in the past, like, and really mm-hmm. let them soak. Cause I know they're going to fire up and it's just a yeah. matter of time.
1: Right. Well, you know, same thing with, you know, funnels and scrapes, you know, scrapes are, you know, also, you know, one of those things that you can take, you know, anywhere to where whitetails live and you can apply it there you know, mm-hmm. obviously, you know, you got to apply it correctly, but you know, those are, those are the things that I guess I've been kind of seeking here the last few years is things that I can, um, take to other places, you know, hunting, hunting whitetails. Um, yeah. You know, like the, what, you are, know, the, your, what like, are your you plans? Know, like,
0: I mean, do you got any, uh, bucket list hunts planned for the next year or two? I mean, What's your uh, what's your goals for the next couple of years? I mean, is there any specific states, maybe Iowa? I know you're right
1: there. I mean, is is that already happened for you? Or? Yeah, you know, I a lot of people are going to probably turn the podcast off after this, but I haven't put in for Iowa points yet. <laughs> um, I okay. want I want to hit the states that I can hunt every single year because like if, if I only get the chance to hunt, you know, one place every five years, then it's hard for me to build on information, you know, after that and continue, Mm -hmm. um, with that, like, you know, my late season hunting here in, here in Kentucky, you know, if I only, if I was only allowed to hunt there, you know, every five years, what I just learned there hunting late season, that's not going to be applicable, applicable for, you know, five more years, um. So what I want to do is I want to hit like all the, um, over the counter states that are, that are close to Missouri. And my ultimate goal is I want, I want five public land deer. Um, next year we're going to be, we're going to be going for that. So that's two in Missouri, um, one in Illinois, one in Kentucky, And then hopefully one in Indiana. And then I guess, like, besides that, I would love to continue, like, kind of like making that line east. So, Indiana, um, Ohio, um, uh, Arkansas, Tennessee, um, if I can if I can go and I can kill a buck in every one of those states, I guess that's like my three-year goal is I want to kill a buck in like every, every one of those states. Um, and then as far yeah. as like the class of deer that I'm killing, it just kind of depends on like how much, how much time I have to, to give it to, to that place. So like, um, um, it's like Missouri early season.
0: Yeah, I mean, do you have a minimum at this point? I mean, do you, is there, when you're hunting these places, are you like 130 or above or what? I mean, do you, does it matter?
1: Uh, like I said, again, it just kind of, it just kind of depends. I mean, you know, one, I, you know, I, I like 130s, you know, 130s are fun. <laughs> um, yeah, no doubt. But, I know, I, uh, I'm just
0: asking, I mean, by yeah. all means, because...
1: But you like, know,
0: in, that's, that's what I want to do too, dude. I want to keep it fun and mm-hmm. go back to killing more deer than letting letting deer right. that caliber slide. You know.
1: Uh, huh well, it's like so. Like my Missouri, <laughs> then, you early... know,
0: I want to kill multiple bucks.
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> but like Missouri, <laughs> having, Missouri having the early one buck season tag is not fun. Yeah, no, I uh, I don't know about all that, <laughs> but uh, but like my <laughs> Missouri early season, um. I have I have a lot of time with that tag and so I can be I can be more selective um this yeah. pat this past season we're at we're at Thanksgiving and I have 3 buck tags in my pocket still guess what that means that means my standards are dropping <laughs> and I'm going to and I'm going to oh, kill yeah. something um so right. that's so that's what I did um, I didn't let, I didn't let anything walk, um, on the hunt I had there in Illinois. And then I killed, I killed a deer in Missouri a week later. And, uh, you know, they were, they were nice bucks, you know, they weren't anything to, you know, brag about or, or nothing, but like at that, at that point, it's like, okay, we're past like most of the good rut. It's like, yeah, you know, I got three buck tags left. You know, it's time to, it's time to kill, um, I'm yeah, not going to be letting it, a, you know, hardly a, anything walk <laughs> hard feelings there.
0: Yeah. I I, uh-huh. I feel your pain on that one this year. Yep. It,
1: but, uh, it is
0: what it is, man. Mm-hmm. It, I feel like Indiana without talking too much about it, I feel like it's a great state. I'm kind of <laughs> excited for scouting Indiana or mm-hmm. this next upcoming season.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then a new um whenever I killed that second buck in Missouri I knew I was gonna have um quite a bit of time in Kentucky but even though how much time I had I was gonna be um I was gonna be hunting a new area and so my standards were gonna kind of I wasn't really sure where they were where they were gonna land we were just gonna kind of see what happens but I shot that deer um Illinois and then um, the next day I was in Kentucky trying to figure out where I was going to spend my, my late season. And I checked out a couple different places and decided on one. Like I said, I went back to Missouri, killed my buck there. And I'm like, all right, now I got the next, um, a little over a month. Um, which, you know, I'm working a full, t- even though I'm self-employed, I'm still working a full-time job. So this is just on the weekends. Um, mm-hmm making the seven-hour drive out there you know spend two days and drive back and be tired of shit you know from from monday morning right right um working but so so i was like yeah we'll just you know kind of see you know what we get into whenever we get out there and um there was a there was a, a pretty decent deer that I feel like I could have I could have got if I just would have focused my efforts in on him, but it was, you know, getting later on into December and you know I still got you know over two weeks of season to work with and I took and I know I'm taking off the last ten days and I got a picture of a really nice eight pointer and I'm like okay you know, for this deer in this area, kind of where he's at for the time that I have, I was like, I see this one. I I could definitely see this one, um, working out. So I started, so I started chasing after that deer and, uh, man, that was, a that was a long heartbreaking battle with, with that thing.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I had the same experience with a, a deer I chased the last like six weeks of season. Uh It was fun though. I mean, I've had people ask me like how I felt about that. I'm like, honestly, I had a blast. I mean, it's fun smacking him on the ass over and over again. And like, he just won't leave. And it's just like, all right, man, like, (laughs) all right, it's, it's go time. Like the confidence was there every hunt that it was going to happen. And then like two times I hunted him and he pops up, uh, like on the, uh, the other side of the farm or the other side of the field, like, we had mm-hmm. so many. I think I had, like, uh, five encounters with this buck. So
1: mm.
0: he just just killed me, man. I'm like, you're oh I tip my hat to him. And he wasn't a mega or anything like that. He was just a yeah. big, old, mature eight, you know, mm. bruiser. Super pissed off attitude. Got mm. so many so many video clips of him. But, you know, that's what makes it fun, man. I, I think right. it's cool to get your ass handed to you every once in a while. You know, it, it's mm. uh, it, it was it was a humbling year, but I had a lot of fun too. Uh, you know, yeah, I was my main goal was to hunt, hunt with some buddies and have fun. And I did Mm -hmm. have a lot of fun. So that's good. Well, Jace, I wanted to close this one out, man. We're getting a little close on time. Um, you know, you were talking about shed hunting earlier. It's pretty relative to right now, uh, when this is getting Mm -hmm. ready to drop, what are three, maybe two or three good tips you could give some of our guys for, uh, trying to find some more sheds.
1: Sure so I actually just took some, some new shed hunters out the other day. And if I'm, if I'm trying to, to find a shed, I, I'm trying to think of a think of an antler on it, on a deer's head as, you know, taking time bomb. It can go off at any time and you don't know when that's going to be. So the, the thing that's, that's going to cue you in on the most sheds is being where those deer are spending the most time, which is either going to be in their bedding area, their feeding area, or which I I don't know if a lot of people know about, about this one, but where I find probably most of my sheds is in night bedding areas. So like these deer throughout the night, um, this is how I, the shed I found the most, the most recent, this is how I found his. Um, and like I said, a lot of the other sheds I've, I've found, but there'll be um, a destination food spot. Sometimes if, if things, if things are kind of leaning your way, there's going to be a destination food spot, whether that be, you know, a cluster of acorn trees that are, that are falling or a cornfield or a bean field but there's going to be somewhere there that's close to that food that these deer in the night are going to bed down, chew their cud, um, and they'll kind of bed down there and get up, feed, and, and go back there and bed down for the night. Um, usually they're right off the food. Usually has to do with with CRP, but this is where I find um a lot of my sheds and if you can get like whenever the deer are dropping um like let's say if you have like a week's worth of like just straight north winds well those deer in the night they're they're not going to want to deal with the with the wind at all they're they're going to want to be protected so a lot of times what i've seen is they'll be down in a draw, I guess the draw would be like, you know, running north and south and the high side of the draw is on the north side and the low sides on the south side. And that's giving them wind protection. So they can go down there, um, you know, not be too cold, you know, chew their cud, a bed down for a while. Um, so that's, <clears throat> I guess it's that pattern is just relevant to, you know, what you're, Conditions are, but night bedding, that has been probably the biggest thing um, for me as far as like consistently finding sheds. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. I've, I actually, you know, I never really thought about it that way. I always tried to focus on bedding most of the time and like, you know, there's travel mm-hmm. routes between for fields. And I mean, obviously, it's easy to find them if they're in a cut beam field or something like that. Right. But, um, always like asking man because you know everybody's got their kind of niche that they found um i know Mm -hmm. when i found some of my biggest sheds in in you know the hardwoods
1: Mm -hmm. it's just
0: uh it's it's all dependent on your area and i guess you know you figuring out your deer but i
1: hope Mm -hmm. that
0: helps some of you guys that are still listening hopefully you're uh you're still hanging in there with us but jace it's been a blast man uh thank you so much for joining us today i really appreciate your time would uh Where can some of our guys follow you? I know, is is it uh, Nature
1: of the Beast? Is that your Instagram? Yep, that is my lovely Instagram handle, Nature of the Beast. I love it. Um, You can find me on Facebook, uh, Jace Allen. There's a couple um, White Tail Addictions episodes um, out on their YouTube channel, as Justin has some on there as well. Um, You can find us on there. Yes, sir. Well,
0: Jace, we'll definitely uh, we'll catch up with you here another time. Hopefully, uh, we can have you on during season next year if you're down for it. But uh, I really appreciate you, dude. Absolutely. All right, man. Until next time. See you. Thanks again for tuning in this week, guys. Really appreciate all of you. Hope you made it to this point. We want to give our sponsors a huge shout out: Lone Wolf Custom Gear, Timberwolf Supply Company painted arrow outdoors i'm uh getting ready to do a giveaway uh i will be dropping a video i believe later in the day today it is going to be friday uh, february 23rd just uh stay tuned we are going to give away a mag pro mount uh which will actually be one of the bow mounts that mounts on your stabilizer of your bow so you can self-film um I should, uh, we're going to announce the giveaway the following week. So I hope you guys can hang with us and, uh, sign up for that. All the details are be in the video. I wanted to close today's segment out with a quote that I really liked. And, uh, I hope you guys really enjoy this one too. Laziness kills ambition. Jealousy kills peace. Anger kills wisdom and fear kills dreams. Hope that sinks in. Hope, uh, hope all you guys enjoy, uh, you know, your weekend. If you're listening on Friday, if not, just appreciate all you guys out there. Honestly, um, it's been a been a great year. I'm really, really stoked to, uh, you know, get into this uh, this next season. And um, appreciate all you guys checking us out. Look forward to catching up with y'all soon.